Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray, and believe it or not, my name is Ray, and I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Before we cut to the show, you need to remember that we are talking about a kid's game that's played by grown men. So sit back, relax, don't take yourself too serious, and let's have a little bit of fun in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Zero! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. My name is Ray. That means I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Welcome, everybody, on this uh, Tuesday. It's Tuesday, right? Tuesday, uh, January the uh, 11th. You know how I know that? It was my dad's birthday yesterday. What a shit show yesterday was. Awful, awful show. Awful show yesterday. I mean, things were going okay. Mikey's sick. Fucking Dean No showed me. Wi-Fi just cuts out. Show just abruptly ends. We're going to bounce back tonight, though. We're going to hit that reset button, as I like to say. I will be joined by Dean Blundell tonight at uh, 7, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For those of you on the uh, listening to the audio podcast, it's about nine minutes. Got my boy Lawrence over from the Colts Law and the Believe in Colts podcast with Dequel Jackson coming in. Going to talk a little bit about those Indianapolis Colts. Going to talk about the Bills with Dean. And uh, got my boy Mikey N coming in at 8.30. We're going to look at the Patreon questions. We're going to answer the viewer questions from the chat. We're going to have a good time. With you here live until 9 p.m. Eastern Time. For those of you listening to the podcast, tune in. Live on the YouTube channel. Talking football with Ray. Now, I know that there's clickbait, and then there's clickbait. NBC Sports tweeted out today, if Mac Jones struggles early Saturday night in the frigid Buffalo conditions, should the Patriots let Brian Hoyer play a series or two? I mean, I could just go with the simple answer of no, not a chance. Uh Uh-uh. And listen, I'm a video creator. I'm a video, and I know that clicks are important. I know that we need to always, always, always attract the audience. But when you're tweeting something like that, it's just pure clickbait. Mac Jones, regardless of any struggles he's been through this season, regardless of what was happening with the Patriots, he hasn't been benched at all. The only time a quarterback came in to play outside of Mac Jones was in garbage time of games. That tweet right there. If Mac Jones struggles early, should they put in Brian Hoyer in a playoff game? In a year, when they didn't turn to Brian Hoyer or Jared Stidham or any other quarterback outside of Mac Jones, NBC is going to suggest that perhaps the Patriots should suddenly find a new quarterback for a playoff game, super wild card playoff game at that against a division foe, the AFC East champions, a team that well, kind of smacked the Patriots around when they played the last time. NBC is suggesting that they move off of Mac Jones. No. And I had people questioning me today. Well, you know, he's a rookie. Can this hurt his guy? We're beyond Mac Jones hurting his confidence at this point. Mac Jones has bounced back. Mac Jones has showed accountability. Mac Jones has showed that his ego's not big. And because of that, he's going to be just fine. And remember, Patriots fans especially, the New England Patriots are playing with house money at this point. The expectation was 
get to the playoffs. They're there. Now, to 2022, 2023, we're having a different conversation. Do your best. You're on the road. Rookie quarterback. Jalen Mills, COVID list today. See if he plays. But to suggest that the Patriots turn away from Mac Jones and go to Brian Hoyer is absolute lunacy, if you ask me. A pro football talk says that the Browns apparently would rather risk Baker Mayfield bouncing back in 22 and maybe costing them a long-term deal than risk him paying him now and not seeing improvement next season. It makes sense. I don't think, though, that when you really look at the Baker Mayfield situation, when you look how everything kind of went down this season, I'm not sure if you can blame Baker Mayfield for the struggles of the Browns, maybe at times, or at least, sorry, you can, and he struggled, but I think that's more conducive to the injury that Baker Mayfield suffered. And I think it was Mike Ann when we were discussing Mayfield last Friday that said, you know, do the Browns want to go back to the quarterback carousel? Why would they? It's almost like, you know, the evil you know to the evil you don't. Do we want to bring in Johnny Football? Do we want Manziel back? Do we want to go through 20 years of quarterback searches? Is Baker Mayfield going to go down as the greatest of all time? Is he going to be put on the, the same pedestal, even of the new quarterbacks like Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow? No, he's not. Could he become just a very solid game manager for the rest of his career? Yeah, I mean, that's a very real possibility for Baker Mayfield. So why would Cleveland want to move forward with or move on from him? I think what Cleveland's doing, though, is they're taking a calculated risk in the fact of saying, hey, listen, you want to earn big money? Go earn big money next season. However, we're not just going to hand it to you. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with them just not handing them big money. I think that he can try to earn it. And if he doesn't, he gets a modest salary. And he becomes a really good game manager for Cleveland. Now, who should be the offensive rookie of the year? At the time that I took this screen grab, Jamar Chase had 79% of the votes. I think it was over 6,000 votes. Mac Jones is in second with 9%. Najee Harris, 7%. Jalen Wall, 5%. Of course, the poll comes from Twitter from Fox Sports NFL. Now, six weeks ago, I would have argued with you profusely that Mac Jones is the offensive rookie of the year. No ifs, ands, or buts. However, I do believe that over the last five weeks, three tosses in Buffalo in the win. Look bad against the Colts. Look bad in the Buffalo rematch. Beat up on the Jacksonville Jaguars, 50-burger. And then you look bad against Miami. And Mac Jones keeps bringing you know, the Patriots back, keeps bringing them back in the fourth quarter, gives them a chance. We discussed yesterday, Connor and I, has Mac Jones hit that rookie wall? Maybe. Has Mac Jones done enough to earn the offensive rookie of the year honors over Jamar Chase, who I'm going to say over 17 games has showed more consistency? Probably not. Is that saying Mac Jones has been bad? No, I don't think Mac Jones has been bad. I think he's been great. I think that Patriot fan should be very excited about what Mac Jones can bring to them at the quarterback position moving forward, especially with the coaching staff they have in place. However, can we argue with Jamar Chase being the offensive rookie of the year? I don't think we can at this point. Because Mac Jones has 
showed some inconsistencies that Jamar Chase hasn't. So I agree with the 79%. I'm a Patriots fan, man. I want to say Mac Jones, but I got to say, I think Jamar Chase is rookie of the year. Oh, sorry. Wrong thing here. The Mike Girardi says, Josh McDaniel says he knows nothing about any head coaching interviews. Offensive coordinator uh, may be left out in the cold again. Not only, I think a couple of, like with last year, he had the opportunity to try to go coach with uh, the Browns. They ended up going with Stefanski. Yeah, they were there. See, but I think that Josh McDaniels has maybe burnt a little bit of bridges. I think Gerard Mayo's got a head coaching job interview with Denver. Brian Flores, I believe, already has an interview after being fired by the Dolphins yesterday, and that was a huge mistake. Miami is going to regret that forever, forever. You know what? Robert Kraft with the Patriots learned how to deal with power struggles like he did with Belichick. I mean, it only brought them six Super Bowls, nine appearances, but I mean, you know, he dealt with it. He figured it out. I think it's lunacy. I think any team right now who needs a coach would sign Brian Flores. I think teams who have a coach that they believe in could sign Brian Flores. Maybe we'll ask uh, our friend Lawrence over from Colts Law what he thinks. Frank Reich or Brian Flores? Put him on the spot. To where Carson Wentz. Let's really get him riled up tonight. But no, I think that it's nuts. But when we go back to Josh McDaniels, doesn't surprise me. Does not surprise me at all that he is not getting the calls, that he's not being looked at as a head coaching job. I guess it is what it is. He's done a great job with Mac Jones, but... You know, a lot of Patriot fans have questioned him or quite some of his play calling, some of that stuff. So maybe other teams have seen it as well. I don't know. That's it for me, though. Good news. Got a message. Dean is coming. He's not uh he's not show he's not gonna not show up tonight. I was getting a little nervous. I was getting a little nervous. So I'll do um I guess I'll do a little bit of a, a brag right now as we wait for Dean to come in. Oh, I see him in the waiting room. We'll bring him in in just a second here. But uh, I got an email from Newsbreak today. You guys all know I'm over on Newsbreak. Uh, myself and Lawrence, my 730 guests, were both uh, creators on there. I got him the job. Make sure he remembers that. Uh, January 25th, they're having an award ceremony. It's amazing. A couple thousand video creators, from what I understand. Guess who's been nominated as one of the top video creators of the year? A little bit of a brag. This guy, top five. People are telling me to be proud of myself. I said that I need to win this thing because, to me, second is as good as last. But I'll take a little bit of pride, and I'll take a little bit of uh, solace in the fact that I was nominated to the top five. I'll rub it in Lawrence's face a little later on that he wasn't because um, I'm an asshole that way. What can I say? Anyways. The waiting room is filling up. We're going to get to it. 30 seconds. Hear from my uh, partners over at Ultra Game where you can get geared up with NFL and NBA gear. And when we come back, we will have the man who stiffed me last night, Mr. Dean Blundell. Hey, 
Talking Football with Ray is brought to you by my partners over at Alter Game. Guys, gear yourself up with NFL and NBA gear from my friends over at Alter Game. They're one of the largest distributors of licensed NFL apparel in the U.S. Listen, you know when you're grabbing your gear, you want it to be licensed. None of that knockoff junk. It doesn't matter who you cheer for. They have something for everybody. So go gear yourself up today with Alter Game. I've left that link in the description. Every time I see that ad, it just reminds me how much I've given up on life. All I needed was the smoke hanging out of my mouth. Anyways, guys, when I uh, made the announcement that I joined the Dean Blundell Network, I got a lot of congratulatory tweets, DMs, that kind of thing, but it always followed by one message. Uh, Hey, Ray, congratulations. Who's Dean Blundell? And, uh, you know, what I'll tell you is it's at those moments there that I remember that I'm not from Boston and that I'm from Canada. So uh, I thought, hey, why don't we bring the man on himself? Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dean Blundell. Dean, how are you, man? Thank you for coming. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just doing the, I, I got to change my camera angle and then I got to do one of those. Ray Route. Good day to you, sir. Thanks for coming on. Just so the audience knows too, when I clap for audiences or when I clap when guests come on, I directly stole that from that guy right over there. So uh, back when me. he was on the radio. From you. Yeah. 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 You know what it was? I'll tell you something. When you have a guest on, they want to feel appreciated because they're spending time with you. And Larry David said maybe the most profound thing i've ever heard anybody say and i love philosophy what he said is steal my shit just don't steal my time because i can't get any more time i can always get more shit you <laughs> that's know what phenomenal. I mean? right that's so phenomenal. that's why i clap when we have guests yeah. and we've been doing it for years so how are you buddy i'm pumped i'm, I'm excited I'm for wild ex- card weekend are you yeah, i'm taking bills, my coat patriots off. look at Dude, you taking my coat off yeah bills patriots yeah big one um so be- before we're gonna get there in a second okay but let me ask you a, a deep, profound question right now, mm-hmm. because the audience wants to know, especially that Boston audience that's hanging around right now. Hi, Boston. Who the fuck is Dean Blundell? Just a dude. I'm just a dude, like everybody else is a dude. Was on the radio for a long time. Were we number one in Toronto for 15 years? Maybe. Uh, it doesn't matter. You know what matters is I'm just like everybody else. Uh, I operate a, uh, a blog network, podcast network up here in Canada, Canada's biggest podcast network I've found out recently, which is kind of fun. But we're just a collection of people that love doing content like you do and and uh, that have the ability to kind of help empower and amplify and partner with different people. And we love it. We love what we do. We, uh, we've got, I think, 102 different uh, branded podcasts. We've got 60 different podcast providers. We've got um, people like you, wonderful writers. I mean, one of the great parts about bringing you on is that you open us up to an entire different avenue and a different audience, right? Which is incredible when you think about it. It wasn't the intention that I had. I'm like, we need an NFL guy. we got the playoffs coming up. And I knew who you were because I watched your podcast. And I'm like, there's just another regular guy. And then you and I shot the shit. And I'm like, fuck, he's regular just like I am. You know <laughs> what I mean? And that's kind of the order of the day now. Like, you when I had lots of chances to get back into radio, lots of chances to get back into media. And I said no to all of them because I just fucking love this. I love the, the organic nature of it. And, and we try to empower people, empowering ourselves at the same time. So really, long story short, I'm just a dude, right? Just a Perfect. dude looking for love. So just a dude. You can go find all his stuff over at DeanBlundell.com. Um, it's, I, I know for a fact uh, he's going to infuriate some of you, but just enjoy it, right? We like yeah. to have fun. We like to talk shit. Let's do it. Um, the first time you and I ever spoke was the day after the Wimble in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And you had some strong comments, as did I, about Sean McDermott. But it's a lot stronger coming from you being a Buffalo Bills fan. Mm-hmm. And then the next week they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were down 24-3 to at halftime. And I think you tweeted something along the lines of uh, – this is it for him. He's done. McDermott's finished. Got to be fired. 
Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel now heading into Super Wild Card Weekend, AFC East Champions a second time? Do you still trust Sean McDermott? No. No, eh? No, it's it's you know it's funny because I like you you obviously know the game so much more than I do. You understand the game better than I do. I have not seen I know Buffalo's been on a streak to finish out the season. They had to go on one. But are you not a little concerned going into a, a, a wild card game against the Patriots, even though they beat the Patriots well, in their last meeting after what we saw and how they stumbled towards the end of the season. Like, I don't know if you watched and I love Sean McDermott. Don't get me wrong. I know that I know the team loves him, um, but there's some pretty big question marks like to get beat up by Bill Belichick like he did a few weeks ago. Um, watching his team implode. Like, I- I've got questions about Josh Allen, three interceptions in that last game. I-, I just, I'm worried, like everybody else. And it's not the fact that I don't believe in the Bills or I'm not a big fan, but when you notice trends, and trends being what they are, which is conditional probability, you're like, they were trending in the right direction at the end of the year. And and that, to me, is a coaching thing, right? To me, it's a it's something where you look at a team and you're like, there's so many inconsistencies in the season. Like it, you look at a Bill Belichick coach team save last season, the consistency's there week in, week out. And to have the weapons that Sean McDermott has had and to close out the season the way they did, and then to have that middle part where it's like a win-loss, win-loss, one step forward, one step back, um, I'm concerned going into the play. Having said that, I have no question in my mind that they're a better team, but are they better coached? And the answer is no. So if the X factor going into the wild card game against the Pats is coaching, um, you have to give it to Bill Belichick. It doesn't matter who fucking Bill Belichick actually has in front of him as a team or who the other coach is, does it? But in this case, to me, it does. Yeah, so it, it's funny because I, I wrote a piece for the website, DeanBloodell.com, and uh, realized at 6.55 that I didn't post it today. So it's going to be up tomorrow, guys. Uh, but the post was called... Uh, who's really scared of the Patriots and the Bills? And I agree, because I think both teams going into this playoffs, they both kind of limped into the playoffs. You had the Patriots who went two for their last or two for two and three of their last five. You had the Bills who I think struggled against Atlanta last week. And then I mean, despite the score looking like they blew out the Jets, that game was close for a long time, especially going into the third quarter. And they both kind of limped into the playoffs. So I think that both these teams are going to are going to battle it out and we'll see what happens but I, you know my question for you would you agree when you look at both of them and I know you primarily watch the the Bills but you can't watch the Bills without somewhat paying attention to the Patriots always yeah um would you agree they both kind of just limped in there like they don't oh, yeah. look like the powerhouses that that can can go through well i mean the way the patriots got into the playoffs you know it it had nothing to do with mac jones really i mean mac jones had a, a great season uh, for a rookie quarterback, but that was all Bill Belichick. I mean, that game that, and again, I go back to that Bills game where they just ran the football. What did he throw it three times? What was he three, a two for three? Was he two? What did I tell you? That like... was that was a fucking legendary performance. <laughs> it's been on record four times that I've called that legendary. It is legendary. He went but... three quarters, three yeah, quarters that he had a one hundred percent pass pass accuracy record. Three quarters. You name one other quarterback that's done that. Two passes, O'Ray. I mean, two passes, and they won one, the game. One, one, one. S- two, one pass in three quarters? <laughs> one pass in three quarters. He had his oh, first incompletion I- in the fourth quarter. <laughs> that was his second throw I of the forget. game. I forget. <laughs> but, I mean, y- y- you watch that, and that just looked like child's play for Bill Belichick, right? 
But and, and so you put them up here on pedestal, but then you watch how they've closed out the season, the last couple games of the season. You're like, it's fucking teams garbage like they couldn't they, they couldn't beat the the dolphins at the end of the season right brian flores by the way great coach lost his job someone's gonna pick him up i love him um and and that's not the same team that beat the bills and and i and i get that that you know anybody can win on any given sunday but um i don't have a lot of hope for the patriots to to go very far this season i don't have I, I mean i hope against hope because i'm a bills fan that they can change the script and they can do something this year. I mean, they've touched it the last couple of years with a couple of playoff wins, but you know, you get past the Patriots. Who's next? What do we got? Let's look at the schedule. This is pretty simple stuff. If you, if you lose, if you beat the Patriots, you've got, you know, the Bengals or the Raiders, right? And so you got the Bengals. Yeah. So you got the, <laughs> the Bengals. I really like Joe, Joe Burrow. I mean, I, 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 he was one of the best quarterbacks in the in the league this year. And what the last two games he threw for like 947 yards over two games or something like that. And it's not even him on the field. I've fallen in love with the kid. It's yeah. off the field too. Like if you ever have a chance to go find some of his press conferences, like he just, he takes the most subtle shots at people with right. a smile on his face. He's fucking awesome. I love yeah. it. I love conniving people like that. And I just love I- the kid. I do too, and I love his attitude. He's got some swagger, but he's uh, so you got the, you got the Bengals uh, who who didn't limp into the postseason. Raiders, who cares? Uh, you got Kansas City who didn't limp into the postseason. Steelers, who cares? And then you've got the Titans. You know the one seed in the AFC with a very, very, very healthy and angry looking Derrick Henry, and it's really hard to see a path to the Super Bowl for the for the Bills or the Patriots. And I know you're a Patriots fan, but you got to feel the same way. No, I mean, you know, not just not just playing against themselves, but look at what they have to do to run the table just to get into the the big dance, just to get into the Super Bowl. You know, this is my podcast. I don't know why you're throwing questions at me, but uh no, oh, yeah. it's just fucking cuz just... you know more than me. That's why I'm Uh no. Most. No. I was you were supposed to laugh. You made me look stupid in front of everybody now. So, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, no, uh, no. I listen. I've told everybody already. There's way more pressure on the Bills in this game than the Patriots in the first place. We're playing with house yeah. money now. I had the Patriots winning eight games this season. So the fact that they've won ten and went in the playoffs, I get to watch an extra day of football. I think Patriots fans and Steeler fans, we should all just enjoy Saturday, no matter what happens, because we get to watch an additional day of football when really I don't think either team should have. Uh, for the Bills, there was a lot of Bills content creators who I talked to you all in the preseason who all told me this was Super Bowl or bust for the for the Bills. Right, um, and they have they've all had their opinions. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lead you. I'm gonna ask you. Mm-hmm. Was this a disappointing year for Buffalo? I mean, they looked like to be the favorites in the AFC. Huge. What did they start like five and zero or something like that? Five, five and one. one. They lost their Started first game. Five the Steelers. You're right. And then they went on this streak. And they didn't beat teams. They beat the fucking shit out of teams. You know, double digit wins, 44, 46, 32. You know, you 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 were you were sitting there going, oh, it's fucking child's play this year. Josh Allen looks better than he did last year. And last year he was like a dead ringer for an MVP. Um, and then they added Emmanuel Sanders and didn't really address their backfield, but you thought they could do it by committee. Plus, you look at a guy like Josh Allen, he can run the ball. You know he can run the ball. He's fucking incredible at running the football. But they're missing pieces, right? Like, they're missing some pieces that other teams are not. And that's what concerns me about the Buffalo Bills. It's And it's not like, listen, and you, you can talk about uh, Sean McDermott. 
Um, you can talk about uh, the receiving course, Stephon Diggs. These are all great coaches. Brian Dable, great offensive coordinator. They've got lots of people. This is a team that's on the verge. But, you know, for I don't think you can hope against hope if you see the team as I've watched the team this year, which is, you know, a great receiving core, uh, weak in the backfield. But if Josh Allen can't throw the football, and I don't know if you watched that three interception performance in the last, in, I think it was week 16, that three interception performance, um, they just started handing the ball to Devin Singletary um, and said, hey, like, don't throw it. <laughs> you know, a little screen back, <laughs> but whatever you do, don't throw it. Um, that's concerning to me. And then I don't know what happened to their punter in that last game. I don't Did you see? <laughs> that was, well, he, I think he went two games without punting, so he just wasn't used to it, right? Oh, oh, oh. So, <laughs> What did he have, like, did he have, like, three shanks? I think he muffed, yeah, three shanks. And, and a drop? Just, yeah, yeah it, was, it was bad. And I made a joke after the Patriots game because he didn't punt, and I was just fucking around with my Buffalo friends, and I was like, hey, I'm like, should he even get a paycheck today? Like, he didn't even come off the field. What example are we setting for American kids if he gets paid? Then yeah. he didn't, I don't think he punted against Atlanta. And then when I saw that, I was like, oh, fuck, maybe he should have practiced at least, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what is what happened? I couldn't believe it. I was watching. I'm like, they're going to need a fucking punter for the playoffs, right? Like, hopefully. I know he didn't actually take the field in two games because they're offensively that gifted. And they went for it on fourth down in that Atlanta game like a hundred times. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I think that they've just got too many holes. I'm, a, I'm, I'm concerned. Uh, still think they're great. But, no, they didn't live up to the expectations because they didn't put uh, the people in the places that they should have been put to begin with. Like, their backfield, I think, is a real struggle. Real struggle. We are here with Dean Blondell from the Dean Blondell Show and the Dean Blondell Network. You can find him on YouTube and Twitch, the Dean Blondell Show. You can find him on Twitter at It's Dean Blondell. Um, and you can also uh, see him, uh, the network uh, over at DeanBlondell.com. So, uh, Dean, I watch your show every day. Sometimes I comment, mm -hmm. sometimes I don't. Uh, but I do watch it every day because just being the sort of the big dumb jock, I talk to a lot of other big dumb jocks and, and your show brings just a, it's a different flavor, different perspective. Great guest on the show. I'm not just kissing your ass. I mean it. Um but listening to your show every day has given me has has uh, triggered a question for me. I've been waiting to ask you. We all know your opinion on this pandemic, and and you've made it very clear and and <laughs> how things are being run and how some mm. decisions people are making. As a Buffalo Bills fan, I want to relate this back to sports. As a Buffalo Please. Bills fan, are you able to separate your feelings towards the vaccine debate and a player like Cole Beasley? who's been very outspoken, very, um, very what you fight on a daily basis can throw up misinformation. Are you able as a bills fan to enjoy the game, separate yourself from, totally. from that? Totally. Totally. I, I, I don't think Josh Allen is vaccinated either. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, but he hasn't been outspoken like Beasley. Beasley's Correct. been the outspoken one. Correct. And those are the people I like going after by the way. <laughs> yes. Those are the people that, uh, you know, because I, I look at it this way. Listen, we're all in this race together, right? We're in the human race. We're in this thing. We're going in the same direction. And I advocate for just two things, being of good character and acts for the greater good. When you're actively out there telling people not to uh, listen to every medical professional on the planet worth their salt, uh, and that you happen to know more than they do, or maybe, you, you know, you found something on the Google machine and we're like, Oh God, they missed everything. All the doctors in the world. I, I have a problem with it for one reason. Do I respect Cole Beasley as a football player? Yes. And I've sort of at times felt sorry for him this year, right? 
specifically with the Aaron uh, Rodgers bullshit where he was like, yeah, I'm fully immunized. And then he's like, I'm not immunized at all. Um, uh, th- there was the whole year was a mess from that perspective. And we had a couple of hot topics and hot irons in the fire with the guys like Cole Beasley and a few other guys. I think, I think Ike McKenzie wasn't, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he was vaccinated. He ended up getting vaccinated. He was him. He and it was him and Beasley. They were like the last two holdouts. And part of me kind of gives Beasley a little credit because he's basically kind of shut up during the season, just gone and played football and hasn't played a ton. But when he has played, he's been great. And he's been a great team guy. Um, Sean McDermott said the other day that, that Cole Beasley is the kind of guy that, that you want on your football team, no matter what, because he's that guy, right? He's like that Danny little Danny Woodhead slot receiver guy. That'll go where most people won't. He'll get murdered over the middle. And, um, and I like Cole Beasley. Do I respect Cole Beasley or anybody else that tells somebody not to take a life-saving vaccine? No, no, I don't. Um, and I, I've been able to separate those two, but you know, I, I'm, I'm settling down and settling into this thing. And I don't know about you, but I'm settling into this thing when it comes to professional sports. As you know, the NHL canceled some like 70 or 80 games and they've got to make those up. Uh, now not going to the Olympics. This is all like ebb and flow, right? Sure. So I, when it comes to the game itself, like when I see guys out there, like I, I know I know, the Green Bay Packers won the NFC uh, and they're the one seed in the NFC and Aaron Rodgers is probably going to win the MVP award this year. And I don't really like him anymore. In fact, I know a lot of guys that don't like a lot of Packers fans that were like, come on. Like, and then there's lots of people that don't give a shit. They just said, Hey, you know, you should go and play football, which I know Aaron Rodgers said he should say after he got in trouble for what he did say, which is he's going to take the Rogan diet, (laughs) which is fine. But then he says, he's just going to stick to football. And then three, four weeks later, he comes back and he's like, uh, yeah, I think science should be chant should be challenged. And I'm like, not by football players, <laughs> you know, by scientists. So I, everybody's an individual. I don't have a lot of time for people. So I'm cool with Aaron because Aaron doesn't like make a point of being a huge dick about it. He got found out and he's a liar, but now I just know Aaron Rodgers is full of shit. And I like Cole Beasley and I feel sorry for Cole Beasley because of what, what Aaron Rodgers went through. And and Cole Beasley was taking bullets in the preseason and the first three, four games of the year were used, used sparingly. And Aaron Rodgers is out going, I'm fully immunized. And he wasn't, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I've got an opinion on each individual one. But, you know, fuck, when the game's on, I could care less. Good. I'm happy you're able to separate that because I have thought that. I've seen, like, Beasley make a catch and think, I wonder if Dean's cheering for the catch or if no. he's <laughs> if he's able to make that separation. So that's oh, good. big time. I Dude, I care about this, the dub. That's it. I care When the game's on, I care about the dub. And if there were 20 guys on that team, like Josh Allen. I still love Josh Allen. He's chosen not to get vaccinated. But he's not running around out there going, this is fucking poison. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's different. No, no, I totally appreciate it. Dean, thank you so much for coming on tonight, guys. That is Dean Blundell over from the Dean Blundell Network. DeanBlundell.com. Find the Dean Blundell show. Be- sometime, it starts at sometime between like 3 and 3.49. You can find Rish. it on YouTube, Twitch. <laughs> uh, I think it's live on his Twitter feed as well. Dean, appreciate you, man, and uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I'm going to go back to watching you now. really appreciate you, right? <laughs> right. Thanks, buddy. That was Dean Blundell. All right, guys, we got Lawrence in the waiting room. He's going to come on. We are going to talk some bullshit about them Indianapolis Colts. First, hear from my uh, my pals over at Newsbreak. Top five video maker people. You're watching them right here. 
Over 1 billion users have downloaded the free Newsbreak app, getting access to all of their local news and content provided by Newsbreak. However, not only is Newsbreak a sponsor of my channel, they're also my bosses. I have been marked as a top contributor for Newsbreak covering the entire NFL. So what are you waiting for? Download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description, and it directly supports my channel. If you want transparency, I'll give you transparency. Every time somebody downloads the Newsbreak app from the link, it directly puts money in my pocket. So download the app, get unlimited free access to all of your local news and all of my NFL content for free while also supporting the channel. It's a win-win for everybody, so please take 30 seconds and download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description. And we're back live here on Talking Football with Ray. Thank you for everybody who's tuning in. We just had Dean Blundell on here talking about those Buffalo Bills, and we're going to bring on the man from the Lawrence Owen slash Colts Law Podcast. You can find or uh, YouTube channel. You can find him on the Colts Law Podcast. You can also find him on the Believe in Colts Podcast with the Quell Jackson. And uh, he does a whole bunch of other shit. Find him on Twitter at Colts underscore law. Ladies and gentlemen, here to talk about the fucking embarrassment on the gridiron, Lawrence Owen. Lawrence, what's going on, buddy? Welcome. Give it a clap for the person who brought me in introducing the embarrassment because that's exactly what the hell it was. What the fuck happened? I'm just going to throw, like, I'm going to do this. You know when it's important, I just solo lay out. What the Dude, fuck happened? The Indianapolis Colts couldn't have stunk up the field worse if they had walked in onto the 50-yard line, took a dump, and rolled around in it. All right? that They couldn't have stunk it up any worse. I mean, there was no excuses for this game. Zero. There was no COVID issues at the time. There was no injuries. They were healthy. They just got beat so that wasn't supposed you know they knew they had to win the game to get into the playoffs you know all that there was zero excuses worst team in the nfl and then they go out there and they just stink up the entire field all right for those of you out there uh i know a lot of you uh right here follow me on twitter and watch my videos and leave comments and a lot of you a few weeks ago said, well, congratulations on beating the Patriots. It was your Super Bowl. Well, looks like you were right, at least for this year, right? Because <laughs> That's amazing. You know what? It's funny. I was like, I said, uh, I said every last night, I said, I have a tweet bookmarked from Lawrence and I was debating whether to bring it up or not, right? I said, I'm going to just watch his shit, engage whether it's okay to bring it up. I didn't upload it to the to, to the graphics tonight i just decided to leave it what a fucking day for jacksonville though right not only do they knock out the colts the lions win and they get the first overall pick going into... fucking and it's not like the colts did this they did this two weeks in a row okay so the raiders yes okay they won four games straight to make the playoffs I'm actually happy for the Raiders. I think that, you know, Derek Carr deserves it because he's put that team on his back in this situation. You know, one of the worst things, you know, the kind of year the Raiders had is like one of the worst things that could happen, you know, just back to back to back. But you know what? Jacksonville had the same situation. Just a terrible freaking year, back to back to back, different stuff going on, you know. And you couldn't beat either one of them. Either one of them. What in yeah, the world? Your uh, your broadcast partner, Loyalist, was uh, in the chat last night. I think he's in the chat tonight, too. He's always here. Appreciate him. Patreon member as well. Uh, he was in here last night. And I think his only comment when I was talking about that game was, we lost to two interim head coaches. 
<laughs> right? Oh, good lord! I just and, listen, and, and depleted, completely depleted rosters at that. You know, I mean, like, like uh, Jaguars, they had some of their best players not playing because you know, well, you know, injury, IR, stuff like that. Some Raiders, of the best Raiders are in jail, right? So. Yeah, yeah, or or and in the hospital or whatever, you know, whatever it mm-hmm. is. It's just what in the heck, man? There was zero excuses, and. It makes it worse because they went through this like five week, six week period where they were, they looked almost unstoppable, right? Everywhere in the NFL. For the first time in years, people were like, the Colts are going to the playoffs and no one wants to play the Indianapolis Colts. And then they, right there in Florida, right? Did you see the results in Florida? I think you can appreciate it, right? What? I think you can appreciate the Rich Eisen tweet, right? That uh, did you see it? That the no, Colts went from no. He tweeted out the Colts went from the team nobody wanted to see in the playoffs to the team nobody's going to see in the playoffs. Oh, okay, yeah, that that's funny. Yeah, I was, I thought you. I, I know you. I thought you can you can yeah. uh, appreciate that. So I'll I dropped I dropped you a twenty five dollar dono. I'm not bragging about it, but I was like, here, go buy a drink. Right? It was twenty eight dollars yeah. my money, twenty five yeah. your money. I was like, go buy yourself a drink after this During game. My, it was a heck of a live stream I was running. I mean, I, I think I had like. 1800 people watched that live stream for that game well i'm gonna tell you right now the funniest i went so what i did was is you know when you scroll across the bottom you can see like facial expressions and stuff like you know when you're like you can see like where the video is yeah so after the game you're gone i go over and i start i i start playing it you know what up colts nation right yeah i'm a little nervous you talked about it you know i'm a little nervous for this game but yeah and then i would just like went through the bottom of the screen and you just saw your face go whiter and whiter and you just and a little more down and then i would just start clicking at random spots and there was this like this like one moment i clicked on and there was like 45 seconds of just you going and I'm like, I look up at the score and it's like 23 to something. <laughs> I'm like, he's just giving up on life. Holy fuck. <laughs> oh, dude. I dropped an F-bomb for the first time in like six months on freaking live stream video, you know, on, on one of my videos during that game. And it was well-deserving. You know, I don't, I generally don't cuss. And that deserved it big time. It was, it was awful. Me and Dequell Jackson yesterday did a live stream talking, but we didn't hold back. Did not hold back. I mean, the whole team needs to be evaluated at this point because if you you go off and and you you can't lose a game like that. You lose a game like that week seven, week six, but the very last game of the season with the playoff opportunity on the line, you don't let that game get close, let alone lose it. So who I collective effort i get that but let's scapegoat somebody okay because that's what fan bases do right fan bases love to scapegoat who are the who are, who's colts nation scapegoating here the coaching staff the coat the entire coaching staff the whole coaching staff not a single player other than our kick returner played well that whole game offensive line played like shit the quarterback played like shit our defensive line played like shit. Our wide receivers played horrible as well. Uh, we had seven pro bowlers, right? We lead the NFL, most pro bowlers on a team, going to the pro bowl. 
Not one of them did a damn thing in this game. I'd Not like to a, give a single sh- one. I'd like to give a little bit of a shout out to Jonathan Taylor. Only 15 runs because that or 15 rushes got some position they went and he still averaged 5.1 yards per carry. Unfortunately, though, after the Raiders game and then that Jacksonville game, I said it as soon as it was done, regardless of it being his fault or not, that that any argument you had for MVP is now at the window. Um, yeah. like a lot of things got ruined in that game for, mm-hmm. for the Colts. Um, Carson, I've seen take a big, a big beating, uh, this, the last couple of days, uh, Carson took a beating all year though. So, I mean, I'm sure that you're used to hearing that card, you know, what a waste three weeks ago, four weeks ago, uh, the first round pick kicked in, I believe, cause we were talking about it. It was maybe five weeks ago. The, the first round pick kicked in. I asked you worth it. You said, absolutely. Tuesday, you still, still don't see over the game Tuesday. Still worth it in your mind? And I'm not baiting you. I'm, I'm just asking you a legit question. Still worth it? Yes, because who else was we going to have at that point? Who are we going to get this year with a first-round pick? Nobody. It'd be the 18th pick, 16th pick, something like that. We're not getting anybody with that. There and this quarterback, quarterback class sucks, too. Yeah, exactly. You know, So this pick, for that quarterback, yes. Now, everybody knew what Carson Wentz was coming in. We knew he had a big arm, could make big plays, but, you know, good for a what-the-fuck play every game. Just, you know, it's just it is what it is. You know, you take the good with the bad. And I'm okay with that as long as, you know, he doesn't have multiple of those plays every game, right? So he had one in Jacksonville, one of those plays, and – when you have a play, a quarterback like that, you need the rest of the team needs to step up and help him occasionally. And he got zero help from anybody. When 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 all of your wide receivers are dropping passes and he's throwing them exactly where you want them to be, right? We talked about this, Dequell and I. Paris had a perfect dime dropped to him right in his hands, you know, 50 yards down the field, and he drops it. Um freaking uh michael pittman jr likes him high he he laid him one into him high right here on third down went right through his hands should have been intercepted it was but then it was called back because it barely hit the ground you know you, you had multiple drops offensive line would not protect him at all he had an average of 1.6 seconds to throw the football that's it you know for the game before there was pressure on him you know so yeah the the team did not help him out. Am I saying, is he our long-term answer at this point in time? The evaluation says, I need another year. You know, I need another year to make that decision. Because, I mean, the Colts, let's face it, you can't. Four years in a row, we've had, you know, different quarterbacks. Yeah, since the Andrew Luck retirement, it's just been a nightmare. It's been right. a nightmare. Yeah, One exactly. Here's, so here's a question for you. Would you have preferred because Philip Rivers took a lot of Colts fans heat last year? So I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna ask two part question. Part one, would you prefer Philip Rivers if he was the same Philip Rivers from last year? Okay, pretend like let's pretend nothing changes, or Carson Wentz. And are Colts fans regretting the heat the heat that they threw at Philip Rivers last year over what they got in Carson Wentz this season? And I know it's a tough question because you want to support your guy. Um, but 
I saw a lot of Philip Rivers. He's old. He's there, especially at the beginning of the season when he was struggling. Um, I mean, were you happier? I guess I'll say it this way. Were you happier with Rivers last year or happier with Wentz this year? And I know they went to the playoffs last year. They got screwed against Buffalo. We know that story. However, let's pretend, take that emotion out of it. Who were you happier with throughout an entire season? I think there's, it's pretty even. Um, both guys bring di- different stuff to the tables. They have both have pluses and minuses, and they even out, in my opinion. Rivers is very, very smart, can read a defense, and is accurate as shit with the football. And Carson Wentz has a cannon for an arm, can be accurate at times, but then has those – and mobility. You, That's a huge bonus. How many times have we watched Carson Wentz escape a surefire sack and make a positive play out of it? But he has those WTF moments that Rivers generally just – you don't see from a guy like that, you know. So I, I think it kind of – I think they balance each other out. Now, I would go with with Carson because he's younger. Yeah, if you were telling me mm-hmm. Philip Rivers from 10 years ago, give me Philip Rivers all day. Well, I, I think everybody, <laughs> unless you got Brady and Rodgers on your yeah. team, is going to take Philip Rivers from 10 years ago. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm talking Philip Rivers from last year. Yeah, Philip <laughs> Rivers from last year is a different Philip Rivers. You know, I mean, there was yeah. no mobility. He could not move at all. Uh, and on top of that, he is dealing with a foot injury. Uh, and so it was even more so could not, you know. And and his arm strength wasn't there. He could not um he had to lead guys open uh when he threw it, you know, anywhere, anywhere on the field. He, he they had to have room in front of them in order for him to lead them open. And Carson Carson's arm strength allows him to to pinpoint shoot you anywhere on the field. So like I said, it, it's pretty even depending upon how, you know, how you look at the pluses and the minuses from both quarterbacks. We are here with Lawrence Owen from the Colts Law Podcast, the Believing Colts Podcast with Dequell Jackson, also the Colts Law slash Lawrence Owen. You can look up either on YouTube, the YouTube channel. Lawrence does live streams like this. He also produces videos. He's he's a busy, busy man. You can also find him over at Newsbreak. Just look up Lawrence Owen. Um, same place you can find me, top five creator at Newsbreak. You know what can I say? But uh, <laughs> but uh, okay, listen. Audience, stop listening for a second. Let's have a private comment. Let's we're gonna close talk here. Let's have a private conversation. I uh, I watched the Believe in Colts on YouTube, and you know me, I'm a Saturday YouTube watcher, as you know. That's when I do all my catch ups. I had to watch this one as soon as I could. Listen, I'm in the same industry as you. All right, I've had the off air conversations with you, and the on air conversations with you. And whether people want to believe that off air, we just sit here and talk like this and just, we've, we've had some pretty, we never fought, but we've had some pretty intense conversations about shit. Oh yeah. Dequell stayed very professional for the Dequell Jackson podcast, but tell me off air, tell me, man, spill the beans, spill the beans here on talking football with Ray. How fucking pissed was he? He was just as pissed as I was. Hey, we, we, we got on there. We sat down, we talked about it. We were freaking mad no i want the off-air conversation though what was the off-air conversation <laughs> give me something give me one little tidbit man one little tidbit come on i know you can't share you can't share much i know because I, I we can't he doesn't believe in carson wins you don't believe in carson no he he said he says that his decision make, 
so we talked about it before before the uh before we went live and I asked him I said was you there at the Cleveland Browns uh when Derek Anderson was quarterback I think you was right and he's like yeah and I know exactly and he, and his eyes lit up and he's like I know exactly where you're going with this they are almost the exact same quarterback Carson Wentz and Derek Anderson he said cannon for an arm big guy has mobility can be accurate but question is, you know, very questionable decision-making. And he's like, they're the exact same guy. And I was like, you know what's funny? And he's like, what? And I was like, Derek Anderson was a starter in the NFL for two years. And he said, yeah, and that's why I don't have faith in, 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 in Wentz right now. <laughs> you know? And DePaul uh, was in, went in Cleveland with him? Huh? DePaul went, was with, in Cleveland with him? With, with Derek Anderson? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, while he was starting. And I was like, yeah. think about this. Derek Anderson, who DeQuell Jackson compared to, was replaced by Brady Quinn. Okay. You know what, dude? I just I just got into the whole Baker Mayfield at my beginning, my little 10-minute intro, and I was just like, uh, it was based on this tweet right here that came out from Pro, Pro Football Talk. So the Browns apparently would rather risk Baker Mayfield bouncing back in 2022 and costing a long-term deal that risks, you know, pain and not seeing improvement next season. And I was like, I was like, I thought back to what Mike N said, I think it was last Friday. And he's like, you don't want to go through that carousel for 20 more years. And that's when we started listing off like Brady Quinn and Kaiser. And we were just like listing off all these quarterbacks that cycled through Cleveland. I mean, I'd be given, I'd be given Baker's contract now, but we'll stick with the Colts here. All right. We'll go back to a public conversation. All right, everybody, you can start listening again. You don't have to stop listening. You can unplug your ears. Um, Number one. Like the player, number one. You know who I'm talking about. Receiver, number one. Colts. Colts. As you know, I got a vented interest in number one. Very disappointed in him on on Sunday. I watched most of that Colts game because you guys were the number one game on red zone, just so you know. Between that and Pittsburgh going back and forth. He had two prime passes thrown his way down the field while he was open. Right down the field, 40 to 50 yard passes, both of them. And one of them off his fingertips, just out of reach. I mean, just so I'm not going to blame that on him. That drop, though, that was laid right in his freaking hands on third and 10. Yeah. And they were down by, I think, 13 at the time. He caught that. Complexion of the game changes completely. He also had one in the back of the end zone that I thought was very catchable as well that he didn't haul in. And I saw both those long passes and I saw the one in the back of the end zone. And I just, what did you do to my man? We're talking about Paris Campbell, if anybody wants to know. who we're talking I will about. say, okay, so <laughs> if anyone gets a pass, it's Paris Campbell. He hasn't played a game since week six. Yeah, so what a hell of a game to come back for, right? Right, <laughs> Just... right. He's the one player that gets a pass for playing like shit because he hadn't played in 12 freaking weeks. Okay? You don't forget how to catch, though. I get your route be I get your routes being out of sync. You know what I mean? I get that. Maybe not up to full game speed, but... He's got to catch those. You got to catch him. him. You know, the one in the back of the end zone, okay, it was a 50-50 ball. I'll get I'll you know I'll give it to him. It was a tough catch, but that was his make or break for the season. He might not even make the team next year. 
I was sitting there, you know, I said before the game, I said, Paris Campbell's going to play this game and this is his opportunity. This is his opportunity. If he plays well and helps the Colts get into the playoffs and then plays well in the playoffs, he'll probably stay for his fourth year of of his contract. If he doesn't, I don't think the Colts bring him back. I think the Colts are going to either release him or are going to trade him or attempt to trade um, for a seventh round pick or something. Well, we have a number one in New England. I'll gladly do a swap with you. <laughs> Same numbers, right? You guys, you can get just as equally frustrated at Nikhil Harry as I do, and then I'll take I'll take Paris Campbell. I love Paris Campbell. Harry Paris can Campbell, run block, right? Very well. He's like a tight end when there it comes. You go. There you go. All right. Can we talk about the Patriots a little bit? Um, because I want your opinion because this is actually going to tie into the Titans. So you probably know a lot about this guy. Jonu Smith was getting fucking destroyed on Twitter today. Um, I'm not sure who brought it up or where it came from, but the fucking Twitterverse was just going ballistic about Jonu Smith. I've had a lot of questions. Is it Jonu's fault? Is it the Patriots' fault? Is it McDaniel's fault? Is it just not working? Um, I get a lot of, like, it's probably my most popular question outside of is Mac Jones going to be in the hall of fame one day? You know what I mean? Like that's probably the two questions I get the most, but I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I don't necessarily know how to answer that question every time. So to me, when John who has had the ball in his hand, he's made plays, he's explosive. The ball's never in his hand, though. That's been my observation. And I thought there was a lot of misplaced anger from Patriot fans today. And I think uh, one of the one of the media lights, I'm going to call them media idiots, idiots, right? That's what they call them. I think one of the idiots. I think one of the yeah, I think one of the idiots out there said like, "Oh, the only person who won this signing was you know Johnny Smith's wallet," and I was like. I don't think I can put this on Johnny Smith. They're not putting the ball in his hand, but you've seen a little bit of the Patriots. You've at least seen one full game of the Patriots. I know you go watch a lot of condensed stuff when you come on here. What have you seen with Johnny Smith in New England? I still think Johnny Smith is a top 10 tight end in the NFL. All right. Uh, Talent wise. I think he's fine. Uh, When you have a 260 pound tight end and a quarterback throws the football at your ankles, you're not going to expect a guy to, to catch that. You know, you just, you just don't, you know, not, not a 260 pound dude running. Uh, but for the most part, when he's targeted, he plays. You opened up your show today talking about Josh McDaniels, not getting opportunities as a head coach anymore, whether he's burned bridges, blah, blah, blah. Coming out openly and saying, well, I don't know how to incorporate this 12 and a half million dollar a year tied in into our offense. I think that's going to put a dagger in your in your prop in your hat right there. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm applauding you because when he came out and those weren't the words he used, but I no. interpreted I interpreted it for yeah, everybody almost much. exactly the same as you. I got fucking killed for it. Like honest to God, like that was I, I take Twitter hate. You know I take Twitter hate. I mm-hmm. fucking love the Twitter hate. Bring it to me, right? I don't do this often. I had to mute that tweet because 
I every time I went on my phone, I'd have like 40 fucking notifications and they were all that's not what he fucking said. Fucking John who's useless, like blah blah. And I was like, no. I'm like, and I'm gonna put something on the table, which I know look, Patriot fans are gonna fucking flip. Now he's no good. Don't get me wrong. Name I'm about to say he's he's bad for a lot of reasons. He he fields punts with his face. I get it. But to this day, I don't think they know how to use Nikhil Harry either. I don't think they have he has any idea. And in Nikhil Harry's rookie season, Josh McDaniels kept saying, because these are his words, the same ones he used, and it, it was eerie to me. I need to do a, do a better job of getting him involved in the game. And he said that about Nikhil Harry, and he used those exact same words about Johnny Smith. And I put out translation, I have no idea how to use one of the best tight ends in the league. And I got fucking killed so i'm so happy that you said that and i did make mention of that not that in particular thing but yeah he's been questioned about some of his offensive stuff this year and um i'm over defending josh mcdaniels to be real with you i really am i'm over it i think he look i think he's better than most don't get me wrong there's some bad ocs out there however I don't think he knew how to use Cam Newton. Not that I think Cam Newton's going to be better anywhere else. We saw this year he's not going to be better anywhere else. I don't think Nikhil Harry's going to go somewhere else and be an all-pro receiver. Like, don't don't twist my words. I know that's what people are doing at this moment. Don't twist my words. However, if I'm an OC and I'm smart enough to see this, Nikhil Harry's a receiver, but he's more of like a hybrid tight end. You know what I mean? I got him running tight end routes. I got him rubbing on his way out. You know what I mean? He's kind of like a Shannon Sharp kind of yeah. guy. He's probably about 20 pounds short, 15 pounds short of a tight end, but I would use him like a tight end. I would have him out there, and that would be my three tight end set. You know what I mean? And I have, and I would put him out on a tight end route. Yeah, I don't think – Jonu Smith, when he has the ball, in his, it's 10 yards every time the ball's in his hands. Like, he doesn't get these two-yard plays. It's 10 yards. He'll take the ball behind the line of scrimmage, and it's 10 to 15 yards. They have no fucking clue how to use what I think is probably one of the most athletic tight ends, you know what I mean, and what he is able to do in the NFL. And it's it's been the strut. You know how he knew, you know who he knows? He knows how to use Hunter Henry because he's a mimic of Gronk, right? Me run downfield, me catch football. That's Hunter Henry. And that's no that's not offending Hunter Henry whatsoever. Hunter Henry's a hell of an athlete. But I don't understand how you had Aaron Hernandez, you know what I mean, and Gronkowski, and you can't look at Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry and say, let's just run the 2012 offense, you know what I mean, or 2011 offense. Like, I don't understand why they can't do it. So thank you for just validating me because I really, that was one of those ones I questioned myself, like, oh, maybe I'm wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I'm usually stand by what I say, but I was like, oh, maybe I never... Okay, so if you want to mute a tweet just because you're like, enough of that, you know, yeah. whatever, that's fine. You know, I've never muted a tweet just to be straight up, never have. I've blocked two people in my life uh, on Twitter, and that's oh, just I because block I, I, I blocked two people. Now, if I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, you come at me and all you got is trolling and no legitimate argument for your trolling you're getting blocked. And that's where those two blocks came from. Right. Yeah. But I don't, I don't block anymore. I, I've stopped blocking because people call you out for blocking. Mm-hmm. I need you guys to know though, if you followed me on Twitter and I followed you back and I no longer follow you and you still follow me, it's because I muted you. 
<laughs> and, and if I follow you, you still get through when you respond because you're a follower, but I mute a lot of people. I have a lot of people muted on, on Twitter. Think about this. Okay. The former Titans OC and Ryan Tannehill was able to use John U. Smith and make him look great. If they can, if they can do it, there should be no reason that Matt Jones and Josh McDaniels shouldn't be able to do the same. Right? No, I, dude, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. I a hundred percent agree with you. It makes me sick that we don't use John New Smith and I'm all for Hunter Henry. Dude, I sat here. Mm -hmm. My two favorite signings, you know what my two favorite signings in that off season were Matthew Judon and John New Smith. Those were my two favorite signings. Now they've, Belichick knows how to use Judon, or yeah, knows how to use Matt. Excuse me, Johnny Smith was my favorite signing on your, 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 your yeah. season. My second favorite was the former 49ers receiver. You know, oh, Kendrick thought, Bourne, yeah. Who oh, I really, love Kendrick Bourne. He's done so well this year. I really do. I really, and I think next I saw, year, I saw him as your Edelman replacement, you know. And I would say that's what he's turned into. And I think after one more, I think another year into this offense, he's going to be really good. Um, I'm also going to defend another player uh, because people were grading Nelson Aguilar an F this year. You got to throw him the football. You know, we don't take shots down the field. He's there to take shots down the field. They don't take shots down the field ever. How the hell can you fucking blame your stretch receiver when you don't stretch the field? Yeah, that's, that's an issue. Um, and, and one thing that, Again, this comes to, to McDaniels. You can get like, okay, so your quarterback, no, he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. We know that. But your offensive coordinator, the guy who designs plays, can draw up plays to get one-on-one -on -one matchups downfield, all right, where you have a tight end crosser coming over that draws the safety off the side, and then you got your, your guy that's going to streak down the field one-on-one -on -one Generally, Aguilar is going to win those matchups. And then all your quarterback has to do Float is in. rainbow that sucker out there and lead him. Just let, yep. let the receiver run underneath of it. Either A, there's two reasons why this is not happening for the Patriots. Either A, McDaniels don't know how to design those types of plays, or B, he doesn't have faith in, uh, in Jones yeah, to, to, to throw those. Both are the only two reasons I can think of why he's not doing those. Connor and I had a long discussion about Mac Jones last night. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but we were no, talking I... about we were talking about the rookie wall. And uh, first of all, I have now, and I, I I think I declared it today for the first time, but I already conceded it a couple of weeks ago. Jamar Chase is my offensive rookie of the year, hands down. Um, I'll actually be. A little upset if he's not and this is going up against mac jones however for the last five weeks of the season outside of the 50 burger they put on jacksonville mac jones has not been good he wasn't good against the colts he wasn't good against buffalo and he wasn't good against miami on sunday and obviously the, the game before against buffalo before the colts game he threw three passes so it's you know and 
I think what triggered this conversation last night was I'm getting frustrated because I'm seeing a lot of like, oh, well, Mac Jones has put the team in a position to win every game and the defense can't make that final stop. It happened with the Colts. Jonathan Taylor runs off that big, you know, massive play, ices the game. And I was like, the Patriots lost to the Patriots defense gave up 20 points on Sunday and lost 33 to 24. Um, yes, Mac Jones puts the Patriots within one when the Patriots roll into the fourth quarter down by two scores and the other team goes into prevent defense and the Patriots go on an eight minute drive and score a touchdown. And now there's two and a half minutes left in the game. And I go, and that's, and then they end up with 27 minutes of possession, but eight of those minutes came on that final drive of the fourth quarter. The defense is exhausted by the time I, I, I go back to that Dallas game in overtime when Dallas just like shot the Patriots, the defense, you want to, that defense walked on the field and they, I thought they were going to collapse before the ball was snapped. Like you want to talk about a team. I think they're on the field, like 36 minutes. They were just, they were exhausted, exhausted. And we started talking about this rookie wall. And I said, listen, Mac Jones is already getting the Tom Brady treatment where it's not his fault. It's the defense's fault. It's this his fault. It's the weapons fault. So, you know, the guys can't get open. This can't happen. I'm okay with saying Mac Jones has hit that rookie wall a little bit. Joe Burrow hit it before he got injured. Um, I'm not saying that he's not going to climb over that wall after this season and look better next year, but you got you watch that Colts game. How could anybody turn around and put that game solely on the defense when the defense what held you to what twenty four, something like that, on a team that was averaging twenty eight points a game, and seven of those points came on a massive whatever forty seven or fifty yard run from Jonathan Taylor in the fourth quarter. Um. I don't know. You've watched Mac Jones, rookie wall. It's got to be, right? Like, he's got to take accountability for – and he has. He's taken all the accountability. This kid has come out and said, I'm playing like shit. Another thing. Okay, so, again, this isn't just on Mac Jones. Uh, a wall, a, a quarterback rookie wall has a lot to do with not just, you know, what he's capable of. Your quarterback coach – your offensive coordinator, the guy drawing up the plays, they only have, you know, from week to week, they're they're basically scheming for against other teams. They're not working with that player specifically to improve that player in certain weaknesses. I talked about this with DeQuell during the season. They don't sit there and practice working on themselves. They practice the plays that, you know, they're scheming for against the other the other team, whatever the plays that is, you know, that they wrote up for that. So Mac hasn't been able to work since the season started on improving himself, which is why th- this upcoming season during the offseason, whenever that may be, whether it's after next week or after the Super Bowl, I don't know. Just saying. That's when he'll be able to work on himself a little bit more. But at the same time, I want to go back to the Josh McDaniels thing. He can help that quarterback out. He could help Mac Jones out by designing plays and having him run those plays during, you know, the scheming of playing against somebody. We just talked about Nelson Aguilar, right? 
We talked about, you know, you, you don't want to get it downfield. You still want to get him involved. Another way to get him involved and help a quarterback out, high percentage throws, right, to a guy who's got a lot of speed that can make yak yards. Well, that sounds like drag routes to me, okay, where you go out for three to five yards and then cut straight across the field, right, after, you know, your tight ends and, and running backs clear out the linebackers, your speed guy goes straight across. Your quarterback just little high percentage, you know, dump it out right in front of a guy, watch him catch it and go for yak yards, you know. Your OC has to design and put plays like that in to help your quarterback. Because, like, like I said, every quarterback is only so good when they're drafted that first year. They're they're supposed to get incrementally better every year, not during the season, during the off season. So that's that's where I'm putting that out there. Let's move off the Patriots a little bit. Let's talk about Sunday night football. Did you stay up for the game? Raiders, Chargers. Oh dear God, yes. I mean, <sighs> you want to talk about? They were comp- trying to tie compelling <laughs> television. I got to tell you, if it wasn't my boy, it would have been you. That's what's the funniest part. If it wasn't my boy, it would have been you. Because if the Ravens would have won, it would have completely changed what happens in that game. So, anyways, my buddy's a Steelers fan. And he texts me whatever. And I text him when the Chargers are are, are driving in the fourth quarter. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, the Raiders might fuck you here. He's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like... Fuck, I go, the Chargers are going to tie this up. Now, at this point, they've already converted two fourth downs. And I tweeted out, Justin Herbert just needs to pretend it's fourth down every play, and he'll be fine. And uh, he's like, what? He goes, I turned the game off. They're up by 15. I go, well, dude, it's a seven-point game. So he flicks it back on. Now he's texting me, what the fuck? What the fuck? Right? Bro, what was Brandon Staley thinking? 38 seconds left on the clock. Five seconds left on the play clock in overtime. The Raiders look content just to run out the clock. He takes the timeout, and I swear to God, I screenshotted it. Derek Carr is walking to the sidelines doing this, looking at, at Bosca or Bosca, whatever his name is, doing this. Uh, for those of you on the auto, audio podcast, I'm lifting my hands in the air. And at that point, you could almost see them like, fuck them then. You know what I mean? Run the ball. Either we tie it up. If we get in field goal range, kick the field goal. Fuck them. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, I know people don't like Chris Collinsworth. I like Chris Collinsworth. And he was begging for the kneel down. You know what I mean? Which I loved. And when that timeout came, he's just like, why? <laughs> like, he's like, I thought it was the Raiders. Why would the Chargers take the timeout? To give, to give their defense a breather. Because the Raiders were, it was late in the, you know, in overtime, their defense was tired. They weren't going to be, yeah. if, if the Raiders, the way Josh Jacobs was running the football in the second half in overtime, he was due to break one to the house. He was. And, and that Chargers defense was utterly gassed. I know why they called the timeout. I'm perplexed with like 40 seconds left and two timeouts and the chargers just called a timeout. Why did you kneel it and then kick a field goal from 40 some yards out? You could have ran the ball a few more times to get closer. And then maybe Jacobs would have busted a touchdown. 
running it, not throwing it. You don't want to take the no, opportunity. No, but I, I think the over. Raiders, they're in that situation. It's like, who cares, right? If we kick yeah. the field goal and miss, we go to the playoffs. If we hit it, we go, we to, go the to the playoffs. I think Connor tweeted out, Carlson's going out to kick the least pressured kick in the history of football. Like, there's no pressure on you in that kick. You could have went so far wide right, and Chargers, you know what would have been amazing? He misses the kick, and the Chargers players start celebrating with him. <laughs> that would have been yeah, like just a big celebration. Um, You know, shout out to uh, Steelers fans who now, I hope, just dist- – so have you seen the Kansas City Chiefs stuff today? Uh-uh. Ben Roethlisberger's retirement party at uh, at uh, Arrowhead Stadium. It's all the it's all the social media retirement party. I hope I hope the Steelers. I, man, they they better not take the Steelers' defense for granted because that defense is going to be all over the place. You know what? Um, their people, offense ain't that good, but their defense he, is great. <laughs> hey man, Najee Harris, I think was the best rookie oh, yeah. running back in the NFL this oh, year. Oh yeah. I'm going to throw out there, like, people and teams don't learn, though. So back in 2018, it was a Tom Brady's retirement party at Arrowhead Stadium, and that's what propelled the Patriots to go to their Super Bowl. Um, sorry, so it wasn't a retirement party. It wasn't no passing of the torch. Uh, the Titans like to dance on logos and get smacked around for it. You know, uh, Ju- or, uh, Juju liked to dance on logos and get smacked around for it. The Raiders tried to make a statement in Kansas City and Meet on the meet on meet on the uh, Arrowhead logo, and I think lost like in forty five to nine or something of that oh, nature. Yeah, that was the last time they lost. By the way, yes, the last time the Raiders lost a game. I turn around though and say to the Chiefs fans, like, didn't you learn your lesson when it fucking blew up in your face against Brady? Like, just why why do the same joke that already blew up in your face? And I think you were doing a retirement party in Tampa Bay last year too for Brady and. You went home again. And so now I'm fucking cheering. I'm cheering for the Steelers. And you know what? I'm going to say it right now. From a danger standpoint, the Steelers and the Patriots are two teams I'd be worried about. Not because I think they're dominant teams over the other teams. I think the other teams are better all around. Mm -hmm. But I think you got two teams. When you got two teams who know they're playing with house money, like they're, we're here. We shouldn't have been. No one expected us to be here. Fucking, we had to we had to watch a crazy Sunday night football game to get here. You know what I mean? And there are two teams. What do they do? They run the football and play hard defense. That's playoff football, right? Those are two teams. One of them could make a run. Someone compared it to the two thousand. Uh, what year was it that the the Steelers won? Two thousand nine when they when they won their. <clears throat> or is that yeah? Because Rodgers won it in two thousand ten. So maybe it's two thousand eight. Whatever. Anyways. They're like, this reminds me of the Steelers of that year who, like, they just don't give a fuck. Let's just make a run. You know what I mean? Like, we're not even supposed to be here. Let's just have some fun. You know, like, I said that this Bills Chargers game, you heard, we said Dean on. There's no pressure on the Patriots. If they lose, great season. Seven and nine last year, 10 wins this year, playoff appearance, something to grow on. Buffalo Bills. I called called the Patriots. I never understood this whole. Patriots ain't going to have a good year thing. I thought they were going to make the playoffs before the season ever started. Well, I didn't. So this is just beauty for me. Like there's, <laughs> if the Patriots lose on Sunday, Buffalo Bills fans will not be able to get under my skin. It's not the Colts losing to Jacksonville. It's not the Bills losing to the Patriots. You know what I mean? Like if they're like, oh, we beat you. And I'm like, dude, you were supposed to be the Super Bowl favorites in the AFC. The Patriots went seven and nine last year and played this season with a rookie quarterback. I'm just fucking happy to be here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just happy to be in the party. You know what? 
and this is no offense to you, but I make this point to Patriots fans. Regardless of what happens Saturday night, Lawrence ain't watching his team Saturday or Sunday. We are. So just fucking mm-hmm. appreciate that we're there. Appreciate Absolutely. that we didn't get to watch our team last year when Lawrence got to watch his team play and get mm-hmm. fucked by the Bills. Fucked by or the refs, not the Bills. Fucked by the refs. A game that nobody gave the Colts a chance to win. And I mean, I don't know. You probably remember. I think that was our first on-air argument was Sunday morning on the Sportscaster pregame when I was like, all right, I got it. You're a homer. That's fine, Lawrence. No, nope, that's fine. You know what I mean? And then it was a tight, tight game. So we get to watch it. Just fucking enjoy it. But there's pressure on Buffalo, right? Like the Patriots made the playoffs. There's no way anybody in that Patriots, I mean, they want more. Obviously, the players aren't going to be sitting there going, but Kraft's not calling fucking Belichick and saying, hey, if you lose on Sunday, you know, your job's on the line. Kraft's like, hey, I didn't get to go to the playoffs last year. I got to go this year. You know, next year we'll have different expectations. Sean McDermott can't say the same. No, you're supposed to go to the Super Bowl this year, man. You got so much talent on your team. Josh Allen just got paid a trillion dollars. You know what I mean? You better fucking win. You can't lose. There's no, if he loses, I think, I don't, there's going to be a lot. I mean, you heard Dean, he doesn't trust McDermott. You know what I mean? And I yeah. think he needs to win these games to start building that trust amongst the, the Bills fan base. Oh yeah. I, I, I utterly agree. But at the same time, it's not just McDermott, their, their GM, whoever it is, that's, that's bringing Brandon Bean. Yeah. That's, that's a person they they've got talent on the field, but they're doing it in a way where they're just leaving like massive holes on their roster. Right doubling up on talent in certain places and leaving massive holes in others. And you don't well, Tredavious do White, Tredavious White getting hurt this year showed how little depth they had. Now, Mario did make point out a good point last week. He said like the, the bills haven't really been hurt by the Tredavious White injury. And I just said, yet I said, yet wait until you have to go up against Kansas city. You know what I mean? Cincinnati teams that can air out that football. How you're? I'm sorry. I know you got Poyer. I know you got the best safety duo. We got to say they got the best safety tandem in the league. But when you're trying to go on man-to-man coverage and you're going to play some man-to-man, who's going to take Jamar? Who's going to take? Um, uh, I mean, they got. I, I, I'm drawing a blank right now. But uh, T. Higgins, who's going to take? Like they got three. I, I don't think people like people forget. Since he's got like three legit receivers in Higgins, Jamar Chase, and uh, the guy I uh, Boyd in Tyler Boyd, and then you got um, obviously Joe Bur- Joe Burrow, who's impressed the hell out of me this year. Um, I got to eat some crow. You got to eat crow about Justin Herbert. I got to I got to eat the Joe Burrow crow. I I said he. Nah, Justin Herbert can't make a completion unless it's fourth down and ten. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> I will take the, so just you know over on Sportscaster last year after the draft. Lawrence said that Justin Herbert was going to be a bust. And I said that Joe Burrow had bust written all over him. I was a little bit more aggressive, but I stood down that I thought, and this was before he got drafted. This was pre-draft. I said, Joe Burrow has bust written all over him. My, my exact words about Justin Herbert was he's walking into the NFL at his peak. He will never get better than what he is right now. Yeah. So, and to be fair, does he look better now than what he did last year? It's debatable, and I'm going to be real with you. I don't. I haven't paid enough attention to the Chargers to give you my full. 
I'll, I'm going to know more about all the teams in the off season when I start spending my my weekends watching all the games I didn't watch this year. You know what yeah. I mean? And start, you know, especially when I'm trying to look at free agents and stuff, right? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I thought you were pretty on point when it came to Joe Burrow preseason last year. You know, I, I didn't I didn't say it, but I was like, I mean, dude. This is had, a pretty bold fucking statement to make. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I got yeah. why no one was backing me up, but I knew some of you agreed with me on that panel. <laughs> I'm, I'm full disclosure. I understood where Ray was coming from. He went, he came from nowhere. He was like the 35th ranked quarterback and then played his senior se- senior season and all of a sudden became the number one ranked quarterback. Right. Yeah, it and, wasn't Mac Jones where you were a backup quarterback and then yeah. you got your chance to start. He started for LSU and he was a guy. Like he was yeah. a Jag. They called him, they call him Jags, just a guy. He couldn't take the job in Ohio State. So he transferred to LSU mm-hmm. because he couldn't get the job in Ohio State. All over of a sudden, who? over who? Uh, who? Who didn't? Who couldn't he get the job in Ohio State? Couldn't take the job over. from Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't take the job from Dwayne Haskins in Ohio State. So then he goes over to uh, then he so then he goes over to LSU. He's a guy. His first year playing as a starter. He's look at his numbers. Yeah. He's he's not I'm not even saying he's good. He's a guy. He's a he's a quarterback. He's a college quarterback. And then he comes out his next year with Jamar Chase, you know what I mean, and comes out with some serious talent. Um and becomes a dude. Yeah, and becomes the man. Goes undefeated. Yeah. Did he win the he won the Heisman that year, right? Mm. Like he becomes the man. And I said Joe Burrow has bust written all over him. He's going to go to the NFL, but I'm going to say outside of the offensive line Cincinnati has done a good job getting talent around him. And he had, you know, with the Joe Mixons of the world, right? Obviously bringing Jamar in. That was a big game changer for him. And I understood getting Jamar. He had trust in Jamar. He knew Jamar, you know, we talked about that on the Patreon one night. You know, we gave the, we gave them credit. Like, yeah, they asked him, who would you want? They got him their guy. And like I said, yeah. next year they're gonna say, you should say, I want that guy. And they're gonna say, shut the fuck up. We gotta get an offensive lineman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we unless need to... unless he's like, I-, I want that guy. The 360 yeah. pound dude? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unless he's pointing to a lineman he wants. <laughs> exactly. They're getting I can almost I would almost put money that that I almost said LSU. I'd almost put money that the Bengals will be taking an offensive lineman in the first round of the draft this year. I'd watch almost him, put money on it. Watch him get a tight end. Yeah, or something, or a wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> something of that nature. Hey, what are you guys going to do with Jack Doyle? Is he done with we're, the Colts? I, no, I, I, we're leaving it up to him. I think, I, I say this like I know it for a fact, but it's pretty much out there. Uh, it, it, it's because Jack Doyle still has a year on his contract. Yeah. But he's contemplating retirement. So. And him and T.Y. has been talking about it for like the last six weeks, like discussing possible retirement this year. So I don't know. We'll see. Does T.Y. feel at a place on that team now? No. No? No. You, you Go go watch. Go watch the Buffalo Hard Knocks where Jonathan Taylor was awarded the Nickelodeon Award. Yeah. And you can see it. You can see it. Like he is a leader in that locker room. Everyone respects him. And plus he, you know, dumps slime all over, you know, Jonathan Taylor. So it's uh, I saw the clip of that on YouTube that with the slime, I think it was on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, 
By the way, I think that um, there are games I'm going to be watching on Nickelodeon going forward now because there's like that Miami game. I thought I should have watched this on Nickelodeon. At least I could have watched some slime and some eyes popping and everything else because this is just – this game was bad. This game right. was bad. Um, Patriots, it wasn't as bad as watching the Jaguars game, I promise you. I could imagine. Well, see, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Well, at least you even felt a bitter disappointment, right? For me, it was a meaningless game. I got actually probably worked up as you did over the loss because Christian Barmore got hurt with like two minutes left in the game. And I tweeted out, oh, good. Fucking Christian Barmore got hurt on a fucking meaningless game because the Buffalo Bills won. Once the Buffalo Bills won, this game meant nothing. From a seeding perspective, an AFC East perspective, it meant nothing. You were going to be where you were going to be. And all I was like is no injuries. Nobody get hurt. And uh, we could have lost our best interior defensive lineman. I know the MRIs came up clean. Odds are he's not playing Sunday. So, Mm. yes. You know, and we lost. So it was a meaningless game that I really didn't give a shit about. I think I, I was in the group chat. I think you, I don't know if you were there. You might have still been. <laughs> that was Sunday, but I we were talking on the group chat. Uh, I think when they when the game started like fourteen nothing on the touchdown, then the pick six, and McChicken's like, "Oh, great start!" And I'm like, "I really don't give a shit." Like I really just had no interest in the game. Like I knew Buffalo's going to beat the Jets, and if I if I wanted Buffalo, if I if I needed Buffalo to win, the Jets would have figured out a way to win. But I knew Buffalo's going to beat the Jets, and. I just didn't want, I was just, I was like, I just don't want anybody to get hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was my whole thing. It's like that last preseason game of the year, right? Please, nobody get hurt. Please, please, starters, play your three downs or whatever you're going to play and get off the field and just be fine. We lost Julian Edelman to an ACL for the season in the preseason. <laughs> you know, it, it's brutal. Excuse me. So, um, anyways, Patriots. Bills Super Wild Card Saturday. What time? Is it the eight twenty-five? Is it? It's the eight o'clock game. Yeah, it's the eight o'clock game. Any fear of those two teams, Dean? You heard Dean and I talking about both limped into the playoffs. No momentum coming in. Um, to me, the Titans are still the scariest team to play, especially when Derrick Henry gets back on the field if he's up to game speed. But they get another week to rest him. You got the Chiefs who are scary as hell. You know what I mean? The Bengals who are coming in hot. If you were the Colts, would you fear the Patriots or the Bills coming up? I mean, okay, the Patriots are one thing, but would you fear the the Bills coming up? No. If I was the Colts, I wouldn't fear the Patriots. I wouldn't feel fear. I knew you wouldn't fear the Patriots, but the Bills, though. I mean, we just we we played the Bills earlier and took them behind the woodshed, you know. And, 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 and fairness, though, the, the Patriots dropped 50 on Jacksonville. Exactly. So. Any given <laughs> Sunday. And yeah. yeah, no excuses for fuck. Ooh, Sunday's game. Oh, man, you're going to bring it up. I'm going to go. I just like to Where see. Is my nitrous, my nitro. Because you... I'm having. You're going to give me a heart attack. Is your heart, is your heart getting. <laughs> you just like, you look so like calm and all i know is got to bring up the sunday just game bring just it just watch, like jacksonville and i'm like watch you get all fucking hyped up again it's like saying ben roethlisberger in front of joe right yeah. like it's yeah. just you just drop words no nah, they just they melted the last couple weeks of the season the colts did but no i wasn't afraid the the, the team i was most afraid of walking in the, if we would have made it to the playoffs would have been cincinnati mm-hmm. cincinnati by far um over over kc over KC because KC has not been, you know, they've been up and down 
pretty much. Uh, okay, rank them for me. So you got Tennessee, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo. Those are the division winners. Then you got the wild card teams, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Raiders. Rank them for me from the team you fear the most to the team that you would play any day of the week. Cincinnati, number one. Titans, number two. And that's respect coming from a Colts fan. Okay? Let yep. me tell you. Um, Patriots would be number three. Wow. Patriot because they can run the ball and they got a good all-around defense. Okay? Um, Rob, I'm more afraid of Buffalo than I am Kansas City. Okay, because Buffalo has a really good defense and has been really good all year. I hope there's Chiefs fans watching this right now that we're at the top Mm -hmm. four and we haven't even got to Kansas City yet. I just love this. I love this more than anything. Didn't Buffalo finish the season number one defense in the NFL? Yes, they did. Okay, okay. I think they were the only only team to be like top one in defense – like five in, different in, areas, yeah, in five different categories, and then like number one in like two different categories on offense. We're the first team mm-hmm. ever to be number yeah. one in both sides of the ball in different areas. Kansas City would be number five, but the Buffalo Kansas City thing is like really close. But I give the edge to Buffalo because their defense, but offensively, they're built almost identical, you know. Um, you got Kelsey, but I, I still think Buffalo. Um, honestly, yeah, I put the Raiders over the Steelers. Sorry, Joe. Um, only because the res- Joe hates, he's a Steelers fan and he hates the Raiders. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> I'm talking about Joe Thornburg. So you're probably watching. I'm sorry, dude. Uh, another but, Patreon member, by the way. Thank you very much. Yeah. Joe. yeah. Uh, Joe. <laughs> I'm making this about Joe now. What Derek Carr has done with the Raiders in light of what has happened to them is nothing short of amazing. Not right? just Derek Carr, but can we get yeah. his name Bosca? Is that his name? Bo- Bosca? Bosca? Yeah. The, yeah. I, I got to give credit to yeah. him, too. The two of them, really, just with everything they both had mm-hmm. to overcome, phenomenal. They they and and they've got playmakers on all on all parts of the field. All right, because Hunter Renfro is dangerous. Jones Great is showing. Jones has been stepping up all the second half of the season as a wide receiver, and I'm telling you, uh, that deep that <laughs> that ginger is scary. Okay, that defensive end. He is a scary man. All right. The guy uh, he, that I the guy that I called gives up. The man that I called Mason Crosby for three straight quarters on Sunday <laughs> night. Yes, him. Max Crosby. Max uh, Crosby is a scary dude. All right. Yeah, he is. He doesn't always get the sack, but he's always in the backfield making a play of some sort, forcing something. All right. I tweeted that Sunday night. I said Max Crosby. Well, first I three times I said Mason Crosby. And I said Mason <laughs> Crosby is so underrated. And then I was like, at one point I'm looking, I'm like, no, not the kicker, you fucking idiot. I'm like, Max Crosby, Max Crosby. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 legit. All right. Um the Steelers have a great defense, but I just I don't trust Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, not 
I love Harris. I love some of their receivers. I don't trust what Ben can do right now, especially when, you know, with what he is putting on the field, right? Because you don't see a lot of things that he wants to just air it down the field all the time. And he, he can't do that. And, and especially, you know, against good teams. So, I mean, you've seen it. They don't, if the NFL was four fourth quarters, Pittsburgh would be undefeated. Yeah, no. But you no. got to play the first, second, and third quarter too. I know, but it's <laughs> like Justin Herbert. If they just let him play the fourth down, he'd be fine, right? Yeah. All exactly. right, guys, we, th- this was Lawrence Owen. I thank you so much. Mike Ann is in the waiting room waiting for me saying, Ray, shut up. Come on, Lawrence just had an hour. Give me my half an hour that you're giving me. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. Find Lawrence over on his YouTube channel, uh, Colts Law or Lawrence Owen. Follow him on Twitter at Colts underscore law. I, like I did it in one shot, buddy. At Colts underscore law. Go listen to the podcast, Believe in Colts podcast with Lawrence, which Quell Jackson and Lawrence Owen, which, by the way, I know he's the NFL player, but fucking your name should be first. You do the work. Uh, but with the Quell Jackson, Lawrence Owen, you can also find him in the Colts Law podcast where he's with his boy Loyalist on that, right, where they mm-hmm. talk about the Indianapolis Colts. Um, love Lawrence. Great content. If you guys are going to watch one video, one video, go check out Colts Drop Turd at Jaguars. As I said... <laughs> I do not. I usually wait till Saturday. Lawrence knows. Don't ask me about your videos till at least Saturday. I had to watch it early. It's why I had to do the close talking. It's why I had to say, come on, give me something that the quote <laughs> bit off there because he was spicy on there. I loved it. Lawrence, thanks so much for being here, man. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate you having me every Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Lauren. So, and we're going to uh, take a quick break here from here from my sponsors over at Ultra Game. And then we're going to be bringing Mikey Ann in to uh, answer the Patreon questions and take some of your questions from the chat. Hey, Talking Football with Ray is brought to you by my partners over at Ultra Game. Guys, gear yourself up with NFL and NBA gear from my friends over at Ultra Game. They're one of the largest distributors of licensed NFL apparel in the U.S. Listen, you know when you're grabbing your gear, you want it to be licensed. None of that knockoff junk. It doesn't matter who you cheer for. They have something for everybody. So go gear yourself up today with Ultra Game. I've left that link in the description. What's up, Mikey? What's going on? Uh, well, we made it on tonight. Not me fucking on my cell phone ending the show on my uh, porch because my Wi-Fi just suddenly <laughs> died and cut out. Yesterday was a shit show, dude. Oh, my fucking God. Between Dean no-showing me... <laughs> And then me just dropping out on Connor and being gone and having dead air for five minutes. It was what a show. What a show. Yeah. And I, you're just and you're sitting there with a fever. You got the fucking Rona sitting there with a fever, like motherfucker, where'd he go? Yeah, yeah. So I hops in on here, you know, with the intention of trying to jump on stream with Connor real quick, and it's just like, oh, he's gone. Well you could know, you could have let yourself in, eh? Yeah, I I I debated. Just because All last right, Mikey, night I was definitely feeling a lot worse than tonight. I've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Patreon questions, uh, mostly Crap. because we got to answer last night's as well. Yep. Right. Um, but keep a look on that chat because if we have time, we're definitely going to get to the live chat and you pull up what you want to talk about and answer. Okay. All right, man. All right, so this first Patreon comes from my boy, Michael J. Uh, before we answer the question, don't forget, if you want to be a part of the show, I know the last two nights it has been my Patreon members, it's because 
Well, Dean no showed me, then it was Dean tonight. But uh, I open up 710 till 730. I drop the StreamYard link over on Patreon. Gives everybody the opportunity to come in, hang out with me for 20 minutes uh, before we get our next guest. And remember, tomorrow is Mario from Hashtag Sports. We're going to, again, tee up those Patriots and Bills. I'm sure we're going to have some lively conversation. And then Mikey is with me at 830 every single night of the week where we answer those Patreon questions. that we. Uh, so every day we post a video. We say, hey, get some comments, get some questions. Big shout out to Thomas, who for two straight days has not left a question. I did see him like one of my tweets today, though, so he gave me the indication he's alive. Thinking about you, buddy, as you deal with whatever you're dealing with. And uh, happy that Mikey is, uh, Mikey sounds like he's feeling a little bit better today. Yeah, on the mend. So Michael J says, how can we rebound from that L? Uh, looked flat, feel like we just struggle in the first quarter, even against the Jags. Uh, it took us a little to get going. So I'll take this first. If you want, I'll, I'll let you jump in, Mike. And okay. if you can watch the curses, if I could use some of this for news break, it would work great. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's been the Patriots' problem for the last four weeks. I mean, except for Jacksonville. When you look at the Colts, you look at the pay, or the Colts, the Bills, and then Miami, it's been slow starts by the Patriots. It's been shooting themselves in the foot. Um, I've had multiple conversations about Mac Jones. He's got to take some accountability. Uh, Josh McDaniels needs to take some accountability. Uh, the defense a little bit. You know, it would be nice if they could maybe have an opening drive stop, but even when they have forced the team three and out on the opening drive, the offense has gone three and out, and the other team has come back in and scored touchdowns. So it, it's frustrating. And, um, you know, I think one of the ways to bounce back, again, I think they need to go in loose, but they need to go in taking it seriously and know that they got to start fast. Mike, if you want to take over. Yeah, yeah. So the Patriots have definitely been flat-footed other than, you know, getting the 50-burger in Jacksonville the last couple of weeks. And it, it's kind of... It's kind of almost perplexing because you you kind of think after one week like oh they're there's they're gonna come out and show us something, uh, man they they have to attack this week on a short week too and they they I'm not sure how they're honestly gonna find the motivation we just found out Jalen Mills is COVID today too which hurts them even more so and that's and it's that's gonna be four days so he's not gonna be able to come off. No, so they have to dig deep. They and Sean run. Wade is on as well. So they got two active players who are on the COVID list right now. Yeah, dude, I don't, I don't know what's going on with Sean Wade. So obviously, Jawan Williams is going to be active this game. He's going to be on the field. So, oh, Jawan, you know, Jawan Williams is the reason we're not going to have Christian Barmore this weekend. Why is that? Because he's the one who hurt him. He's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's yeah, get to our next. Stepped over. <laughs> Let's get to our next question here. Alex says, how do you feel about going up against the Bills this wild card Saturday? Who do you think will win? If I'm going to be completely and utterly honest with you, Alex, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to win. And really, if you're a football fan, the Buffalo Bills should win, if we're going to be honest with ourselves. The homer taking me be like, hey, everyone's got a chance, but the Buffalo Bills should win. However, as I've been preaching for the last couple of days, the New England Patriots have no pressure this weekend, as far as I'm concerned. I think that we can all be happy that we made the playoffs. They were 7-9 last year. They're on the first year of a rebuild. Last year was a teardown. This was the rebuild. The Buffalo Bills were Super Bowl or bust this year. We've heard that conversation, and you kind of heard their players talking after the, the Jets game. They kind of were like, yeah, it's great being AFC East champions, but there's still more work to be done. Last year, they were celebrating the AFC East, so they're t- they know the seriousness. Um, Lawrence was talking about it tonight when I was talking with him. Like, you know, Sean McDermott is not going to be thinking that this is, you know, just be happy with this. There's going to be pressure on him. The Bills should win, but we got to see if Josh Allen and those Buffalo Bills can live up to that pressure. Yeah. I mean, I, I just kind of said that, this in a different way. Uh, this is going to be an upset if they win. They'll have to dig 
they'll have to dig really deep for this win, and the defense will have to kind of show us something in the last couple of weeks that they haven't, not that they haven't played well, but they're going to need to take the take the ball away the way they took it away against like the Falcons and some other teams, I think, to give them a ch- give them a real chance. A hundred percent. Oh, brought up the wrong graphic. I apologize. Matthew Pearson says, what do you think that the team should do to start not start flat against the Bills? Uh, if I'm the Patriots defense, I am I know that you're worried about Josh Allen running the football on you, but I may be sending a little bit of heat on him. Just send a little bit of a message. Uh, let the defensive line push around the, the Bills offensive line a little bit. Try to get something. Have, have a spy like a Jamie Collins in the backfield. I have to assume that Kyle Duggar and Hightower will play Sunday. I think if that Miami game actually meant something, they would have played that game as well. But I think Belichick was just erring on the side of caution. So that's how I think on that. And then offensively, you got to run the ball effectively. Don't take stupid penalties. And I think that's one of the things that's killed them this year is taking those stupid penalties. Run the ball effectively. Short, easy, completable passes, high percentage passes for Mac Jones. Don't turn the football over. And, you know, don't get into these third and longs. You need to, the offensive line needs to get early pushes. Sometimes I feel like the offensive line can go to sleep for a little bit, get early pushes, get in third and shorts, make them manageable, and be able to turn things over like that. Yeah. So I'm going to be about the the same again here. Um, The defense is real up front. I think they're going to have to bring in Judon and Kyle Van Noy early. Uh, Judon's been really quiet the last couple of weeks. So uh, I would love to see him get a, get a sack early and have uh, Josh Allen, you know, looking at him all game and maybe, you know, given the, given the secondary, that extra half second they might need Uh, offensive wise. Yeah. Don't, don't get into any third down and awkward situations. That's been their enemy all year. They can't do it. Uh, Josh McDaniels needs to needs to put his quarterback in a better situation, especially in in a place like Buffalo where they didn't want him to throw a whole lot. Obviously, the first time around. Uh, Alex now says, "Do you think Brian Flores gets hired to another team as a head coach? And if so, which one? I think Brian Flores could be a head coach by the end of next week." Um, if I'm Denver, Chicago, the Giants, any one of those teams, I am calling Brian Flores, uh, the Vikings. I'm calling Flores and saying, Hey, come talk to me. I think Miami is going to regret this decision. I don't know if it was a powered play power decision. I don't know if there was a struggle in there. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know if it's the Deshaun Watson to a situation. Some people are saying that with Flores gone, Watson may be out in Miami. Um, I think that at the end of the day, Miami is going to rule this decision because he, to me, Brian Flores was the first Bill Belichick disciple outside of maybe Bill O'Brien, but that was going to go out and have a lot of success in the NFL. I think he's, he could have a job by the end of the week. Mick? Yeah, my my uh, my jaw hit the floor on this one when I saw it this morning. Um, I'm shocked. This kind of reeks of uh, yesterday. Sorry, yesterday. Oh yeah, yesterday. Sorry, the days are running together for me, guys. I've had a fever for a couple days now. Uh, um, yeah, Denver. Denver to me is a highlight. They've got a great defense. They've got good offensive weapons. They just need a quarterback. If he was really in the market for Deshaun Watson, they could go get a Deshaun Watson or a uh, you know Aaron Rodgers potentially. But uh, yeah, Brian Flores has been a great coach there. You, you know, his record is is nearly even. Um, in that first year, there was like a disaster. You know, they had to just clean house. So I almost don't even count that. It's 
it's really astounding to me that a GM won out over a coach that's performed this well and one that had the number of probably the best coach in the league in your division. So you you had an advantage. I don't I do not understand it. You basically have a trump card over Belichick. It looks like, and you you let that go. Like you said, I think they're going to rue that day. I think that's yeah. a terrible decision. Absolutely baffling. Absolutely baffling. Oh, sorry. Uh, so Gerard Mayo is is being coached. I didn't mean to. So I meant to delete that. Let's look at this one. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Sorry, different one. Different one. <laughs> I, I kept. I kept. I keep up the wrong graphic. Just a night. What a night for me. Alex says, "Do you think that with Brian Flores is gone, uh, the Patriots will stop losing to the Dolphins every year?" I saw some stat the other day that, like, even pre-Bill Belichick, the Dolphins have always had the Patriots number. Um, I, I read a thing this week, and it was brought, it was Devin McCourty talking about playing in that heat down in Miami. Yeah, and I don't know. It's just it's one of those things. Look at the Colts in, in Jacksonville. It's not like there was any X factor there on Sunday, but I think what was it? 2014 was the last time the yeah. Colts won in Jacksonville. Yeah, you know what? Sports like that's nuts. <laughs> sports has these just weird sort of voodoos and boogeymen and all this kind of stuff that just it accumulates and i do believe that there's a psychological factor to that i do believe that teams go in knowing that man we haven't beat this team like ever yeah and if you listen to the broadcast actually they said the patriots look to be in better condition uh later in that game than miami did i it, listen i think that game was really simple I think that early pick and then the fumble. Listen, we turned the ball over twice. They got ahead. I don't think there's a lot of magic to it. Yeah, no, no. I thought the defense took way too much criticism in that game. I yeah, really no, yeah. And listen, I I will criticize them in the sense that I, you know, I said it in the group chat. I think if Devin McCourty makes that uh, pick, game's a little different. But yeah, you can't expect the defense to be on the field as long as they were and and uh you know ward off everything so a boy moises carter says my patriots brother ray route our new england patriots they need to beat the buffalo bills this saturday night move on to face the winner at kansas city and pittsburgh i don't necessarily think that that's because if pittsburgh wins they'll play tennessee but i get what you're saying um yeah dude like like Mike and I have been saying the whole time, it's going to be a tough, tough, tough game. If the Patriots win, it's got to be considered an upset. Again, I believe that the Buffalo Bills are the superior team. They should be the superior team. They're at the position of their career that they are the position of their rebuild that they should be the superior team. Well, you got Josh Allen, Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs. Um, you got that defense. You got Poyer. You got Hyde. You got so many good players and Pro Bowl players, at least Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl caliber. Even though the Bills' defense kind of got shafted uh, for the Pro Bowl this year, uh, it's going to be tough. Listen, here's what I'm, I'm going to say it. I said it with Lawrence. I'm saying it to everybody now. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Think about Ravens fans, Colts fans, Browns fans, teams that fans bases that thought their team had a real chance, not just to make the playoffs, but make a playoff run this year. They're all going to be sitting there as neutral fan bases this weekend. Enjoy the Patriots being in the playoffs. The Patriots missed the playoffs last season. Uh, whatever happens, happens. Next yeah. year, we'll have a different conversation. But this year, just let it happen. Yeah, I was more pessimistic than you. I had the Patriots at six wins at the beginning of this year, guys. Yeah, six. you're insane, though. You're insane. Yeah, though. yeah I'm, I'm all nuts. <laughs> I think you've had a fever for 12 months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair. Uh, our final comment comes from Alex says, what do you think about Josh Allen running the football so much? And do you think he'll get hurt one day doing it? Um, 
in my opinion, I would have Josh Allen run the football more. Uh, I think I, I would have at least seven to eight designed runs for Josh Allen a game. Him running the football can be an absolute game changer, especially on third and longs. How many times have we seen that guy like third and 12, third and 14 convert first downs? And yeah, is there an opportunity to get hurt? Yes. But if he learns how to give himself up, no. And let's face it, the quarterbacks in the NFL are so protected that, uh, yeah, no, I, I would do it. I would have him run the football more if I was, if I was Sean McDermott or, or Brian Dayball, I think is their coach's name. Yep. I think Josh Allen is is a dual threat quarterback that's not treated like a dual threat quarterback. I would say he's more of a dual threat quarterback than Lamar Jackson for the very fact that is he can kill you with his legs, but he's got a way better arm than Jackson. So he he's a true. He'd be more like a Russell a Russell Wilson and a Josh Allen are more of a dual threat quarterback than Lamar Jackson. Sorry, Baltimore fans. Lamar is great with his legs. He's got some arm issues. I love and don't don't get me wrong. I love Lamar. Love Lamar. But I think when you break it down that way, you got to give Josh Allen a lot of love. Yeah, I, I see. I see Allen more as like a Justin Herbert, big kid. Let him run once in a while, like a devastating run. Um, listen, they're gonna go get a running back this year. They're gonna have. They're probably gonna have a better running back tandem next year between whoever they bring in and Singletary, which makes it easier for them to run the quarterback. So. You'll you'll see more of it next year, I think. I think there was just a hole there this year that they couldn't fill. All right, Mikey, we're going to allow you to uh, pull some of the chat comments up now. That was it for our Patreon. Don't forget, you can go check it out, patreon.com slash DPN Sports. Only $5 a month. You get to join me on the screen at least every Friday. You do the entire two-hour show. Uh, you see us, the, the big hangout. Those are all Patreon members. You get to ask those questions like we answered tonight. And most nights of the week, uh, I open up from 7.10 till 7.30. You get the chance to come on in here. Maybe you impress me. Maybe you get a spot every night because, ladies and gentlemen, Mikey N is not only the Thursday co-host. He's now going to be with us every night of the week at 8.30 p.m. taking your Patreon questions and answering your chat questions. Mikey, welcome to the team, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. I would tip my cap to you right now, but uh, being sick delayed the camera a little more. I'll put it that way. No worries. <laughs> Okay, man. So uh, it's such a better show than today than uh, last year. Oh, take that down for one second. Oh, before we take the chat, because I know people are all riled up, and I've said some things today. I get it. Did you see the whole show, Mike? I did. I've said some things today. You know what I mean? Okay. I know people are gonna be riled up. I allowed Dean to be Dean. I actually <laughs> set him up for the question, right? Um, and you know what question I'm talking about, right? I set him up for the question. Um, so we need a little bit of a, a cleanse before we get into the questions, okay? Just give me one sounds second here. To, sounds good to me. If a dog snoring doesn't cleanse your soul, I don't know what will. All right, that was the clans. Pull them up, bud. All right, let's go. I saw this one. It's not. It's not really a question. I'm just gonna say I agree with it. We gotta read it. You gotta read it out loud for. There's people that listen. I'm one of those Patriots fans who said Josh McDaniels got. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's start over again. Okay. All right. Let me do this one. You do the next one. Okay. All right. All right. Hood Rich wrote, 
You got to do that. You got to let you got to okay. give him the All show. Right. Right. Hood Rich wrote, I'm one of those Patriot fans who said McDaniels got exposed that he's a mediocre offensive coordinator and TP12 made him look like a genius coordinator. Okay, go ahead, Mike. I'll give my opinion after you. All right. Yeah, I think we we talked about this all season basically. Um and it did go to some of back to some of the comments last year. Josh McDaniels is having trouble finding a way to utilize some of these guys that they're using high round picks on or spending a lot of money on i.e. Nikhil Harry, Jonu Smith. Um, do I think it's totally his fault? No, but do I think he does get exposed a little bit as maybe being a little bit of an off, an overrated offensive coordinator? Yes, I do. And, uh, you know, Ray and some of the uh, company know that this is not a new opinion for me. I'm not the biggest fan of Josh McDaniels. I want to see him utilize some of these pieces more, and I think it's why some teams have been staying away from him as a head coach. Yeah, no, Mikey has disliked uh, Josh McDaniels for a long, long, long time. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. You know what? People kept talking about how Belichick got exposed when Brady left. I think it's, it's, I think it's McDaniels that got exposed when Brady left. Okay. Uh, he got Mac Jones, similar skill set to Tom Brady, but I think one of the biggest differences, and I was going to ask Lawrence's question, I forgot, but one of the big differences is, is, Tom Brady was almost like being like an offensive coordinator on the field, right? So how many times was there a genius play on the field that Tom Brady actually called and not Josh McDaniels, right? Where he read right. the offense, audible doubt, had his five or six plays that he could audible to and, and went forward, you know, like in Madden, right? In Madden, I set up, you know, my, my audible plays and then I don't even care what I call. I just press a button or do like a Madden decision, right? And then I just pick one of my audibles to play I want to play. I want to call. You know what I mean? And it's almost like Brady yep. could do that. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. McDaniels has been super exposed. Um, I defended him a lot this year. I do think, though, that McDaniels is still better than a lot of offensive coordinators in the league. And I do think if he does leave, we will see some repercussion to McDaniels no longer in the uh, on the Patriots bench. Yeah, and just before I move on from, from this, I'm going to say one thing here just because I see Joe's comments as well. So, uh, they just want Aguilar running sprints and pulling someone off the understuff. Listen, we, we and this goes back to what you and Lawrence were talking about earlier. This kind of bugs me too. Listen, Mac may not have the strongest arm, but we saw at Alabama he can throw a nice deep ball. He can get these he can get these guys deep. They just need to give up give him the opportunity. And I mean both him and Aguilar. Um, what was the game where Aguilar uh, got the concussion? Yeah, I mean, he had some nice grabs that it was game. Colts. It was Colts game. Yeah, was it the Colts? That yeah, was him was and Harry. Both got hit in the head. Yeah, yeah. So in the Colts game, he made some great grabs. He went up high for a couple balls. Listen, this isn't, yeah, and I made the joke too, this isn't the Nelson Aguilar that everybody joked about in Philadelphia dropping footballs every 15 minutes. This guy is a good receiver. He can beat people on his routes. Um, we need to utilize him more. We need to use him as an actual threat and not just a, not just just a disguise or a distraction. Um, I agree. Lawrence and I already talked about it, so a lot of you already heard my answer. But I totally I agree with everything you said, Mike. Yeah. Let me see if I can find one more here that is actually. Edward says Mike takes some lemon juice and honey. It helps. I have. There been you trying. go. He's looking out. He's looking out for you, Edward. What's going on, buddy? Good to see you. Yeah. Good to see you. Yeah. So I appreciate everyone. I see a couple well wish uh, wishes in the chat here. Uh, loyalist here uh where do you think flores will end up 
Where would you uh, like Flores to end up? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Where would you like In Flores the NFC, as yes. far away from the AFC as possible. I think I'd like him in Minnesota. I really do. I think the Minnesota defense struggled this year. I think he could go bring some balance and stability to them. Uh, I think it's a high-pressure job. Uh, I know people might not think about it. I think there's a lot of expectation there. They got the team. Great offense. Kirk Cousins takes way too much criticism than he deserves. I think Minnesota would be a good spot for him. I mean, what about Chicago with that defense? If they can keep Khalil Mack, and um, I, even though I think Mack is done this year. But, uh, you know, Chicago or Minnesota could be really good, a really good spot for, for Brian Flores. Yeah, I think I think Chicago is going to flip the script there. I think they're going to go for an offensive guy. I think they're going to try to get their young quarterback some help, probably move Khalil Mack uh, to get some pieces. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's see. One more. Let's see. Sorry. Again, the uh, – I thought I saw one that I liked. Just pick one. It's good. Just it pick good. one and we'll look for it. You can look for it when you pick this one. I'll answer this next question. Just drop any comment you want. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, no, it's not Patriots Global. That is Mike N. <laughs> Patriots Global is is Kobe. Uh, go check him out, though. Patriots Global YouTube page. Does all Patriots stuff. Go check him out. Not Patriots Global, though. All right. Um Honestly, there haven't been that many while I've been here. There's been a couple. Doesn't matter. Go way up to the top. All just right. Pick. All right. Let's just let's just pick a Harry question because we haven't picked on Nikhil Harry that much. And we kind of defended him. Bullshit. Harry can't catch. Yeah. Even if McDaniels uh, schemed him up real good, I still think he'd manage to fucking miss it. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a response to that. <laughs> I think I was very clear in my explanation there. I even put my arms out. He's not good. You know, I, I acknowledge he's not good. Yeah. All right. And so I'm going to say that's it. So, Ray, if you can find one, if you want to find one. No, I didn't look at the chat at all tonight. I have no idea what's going on. You didn't see any super chats in there. There there were a couple super chats while you were talking with, with Dean, but. uh. Okay, well, let's talk those. Okay. Uh, so if Buffalo loses, will Dean hold it against McDermott since he admits. uh. <laughs> Belichick is a better coach. <laughs> I will message Dean and ask him. I'll tell you that. I think if they lose, Sean McDermott will be very, very salty, and he will not admit anything after that game. I think he will go full belt, full Bill Belichick. How does that sound? Sounds great. All right, one more. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, did you check out my profile? I use it. I got the balls in. Let me show everybody. So Rossi made me something. Rossi made me a nice graphic. I think we showed it on the uh I think we showed it on the show last week. But if you go over at DPN underscore Ray, that is now my uh oh hold on, I clicked on Adam Schefter. Ah I'm in my DMs. You guys don't want to see I can't show you my DMs. Oh, there you go. DeanBlendell.com, where nobody knows your name. <laughs> all right. And actually, one more quick one here, because I scrolled all the way up. I saw Brandon Wood's uh, comment. The Brian Hoyer comment is uh, a troll, but if Mac Jones struggles early, you got to be kind of concerned against the explosive Buffalo Bills offense. Letting the Bills get up early would be less than ideal. Yes, this team has not been able to compete from behind. Ray, what say you? Uh yeah. Um I would say that 
I would say that um, when you are, I was trying to think of who tweeted it. When you are NBC Boston, you are not a troll. You are a Main Street Media provider. Fuckers. Uh, it is what it is for me, this game, to be honest with you. It really is. It is what it is. If Jones struggles, just play the game. Yep. Just let him learn. Let him get this experience and let him move on. Yeah, guys, you're you're not going to see Brian Hoyer in this game unless they're up 30 to zero with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. If uh, if we see Brian Hoyer, I'm I'm pretty, pretty nervous. All right, Mike, I appreciate yep. you, man. See you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Go follow my man Mike on Twitter at MN, M as in Michael, N as in his last name, underscore off topic. Mike is with me at 8.30 every night. Guys, head on over to Buffalo Fanatics right now. Go check out Rico's show. I am going to play my outro and get the fuck out of here because I got to go over and join the show in progress, talking Bills and Patriots. Thanks so much for tuning in to Talking Football with Ray. Uh, don't forget, man, go uh, go check out my sponsors over at Ultra Game. Link in the description. Licensed NFL gear, NBA gear. Don't buy that knockoff shit. Go to Ultra Game and uh, get your NFL gear. Got all the teams. They're sending me a sweatshirt right now. I'm looking forward to getting it. Uh, make sure you go check out Newsbreak. Top five uh, nominated. Nominated right here. Top video creator of the year. Uh, until next time, guys. You're all legit, kid. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.